think so. That looks like does that look like recording to you? Mm-hmm. Red light, countdown. Yeah. Right Heck then. yeah. I think that's good to go. And then you just do like a, a whistle or a clap to get the to sync them. You gotta be loud. Oh, I like that. Those action, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, exactly. So uh, right now I'm sitting here with Eli Cunningham and Arthur Reyes. You can't see Arthur Reyes, but he's in the background. And if we get enough time, we'll get him on a podcast. If not, uh, might be on the later date. But uh, Mr. Eli Cunningham, thanks for thanks for coming, man. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. Yeah, appreciate appreciate you. Yeah. Um, so I guess a little background. You grew up in Southern California, and you came out to Montana to start your fire career with the Forest Service. Yep. Yeah. Grew up in uh, Woodlake, California, like an hour inland from Fresno and Bakersfield. Moved out here with my nephew, Arthur. Did my first fire season. It was great. Met Luke Barrett. Hey, you stop. Yeah. Yeah. R- real disappointment here. Yeah. Never <laughs> that. You're like, that guy did, did what in his fire career? He's yeah. really soft. Never <laughs> that, man. Yeah. Well, that's one thing, dude, like, I really enjoyed, like, I'm... Um, you know, when when I got in the smoke jumper world, like you start doing your own PT, and I liked, uh, I kind of liked that, man. You know, because I, everyone's kind of has like a different body type and like different things they can do. Like some people, like for me, cardio is just like not natural. Even though my little brother ran long distance in college, I man, I would always struggle. Even with like the four hundred, even if I was in pretty good shape, the four hundred was always like a tough race for me. Yeah. So um doing the group pt like with the crew we had this year i think was like really really beneficial man like me and you going at it and benson and everybody else you know and um nicolette even you mm-hmm. know all of us getting involved and talking trash and you know like you know, doug and katie man i mean that you know they were doing great too like 100 percent, man doug and one well, connor doug and connor man mm-hmm. they, they were looking really trim like by the time fire season came in man, yeah. it was, it was we, i think we had a good program going yeah. we had a great crew and just a great pt program like everyone was yeah. willing to put in the work um sports was fun ultimate basketball we played a little bit yeah and everyone got super competitive but even running was just it was great to do yeah, yeah, like, it, I think, was it, I can't remember if it was Seth or, or Jake that had us doing, like, those, like, kind of little wind sprint exercises mm-hmm. and crab walking or whatever we were doing, yeah. bear crawls, and, like, that was, what were we doing for that circuit? We were doing, uh... We'd do, like, lunges, and then, like, a sprint. Oh, around yeah. the station? No, that one was at that open field uh, oh, in the park. yeah, there. yeah, we did, like, a, almost like a hit workout, kind of. It was, yeah. like, lunges with, like, a sprint for 40, 50 yards walk back and then we did like some push-ups we did another lower body exercise yeah yeah, yeah. that was a good little pt that was really good yeah because we did that jog out to the river mm-hmm. to the bitter river for a little warm-up yeah for the warm-up then mm-hmm. cruise back and that thing is and if anyone's got to get get a ball movement out or something <laughs> you know like we're going right past the station so you can drop yeah. off and, and go hit the bathroom oh, if yeah. you have to and then 100 then meet up back at the park and get after it yeah so how was the uh the foresters, you probably had a little bit coming in talking to your nephew, so you had, you had a pretty good idea of what to expect, but, like, how, how, to, how to live up, man. Was it, like, what you wanted, or? Yeah, it was 100% what I wanted. I mean, for a first season, I think I got 700 and some overtime hours. <sighs> Dude. Got, went to Michigan, never been there before, so I got the travel aspect. Oh, what a dream assignment that was, because you guys were, like, on the on the lake, right? Yeah, we were right on Lake Huron for, like, a month straight, paddle boarding, swimming every night, kayaking. Bro, it was like vacation, like right off the jump. That's awesome, man. And then the fire, and the fires you guys did get sounded like they were pretty cool too. Like mm-hmm. they had was, enough resources, was, you guys just smash them and, yeah. and move on to the next. Yeah, it was like um, I guess they were in a serious drought, 
and they lost that big one in the beginning of the season. I guess Julian was on there when oh. they actually lost it at first. Really? Oh, I didn't know that, man. But it was cool to see how, like, they just roll with everything, like five or six crews rolling deep, a dozer just to patrol. Oh, man, that's and So awesome. it's like if there was a fire, it was like that's getting out instantly. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, like a, a lot of people, you know, talk a little down on California, but, like, that's kind of why I like California most of the time. I guess I've never had a problem where I didn't get enough resources, but those run cars, they just send the world at it. Yeah. And they can usually smash it pretty fast, and then you just kind of, you know, there for cleanup, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's really nice. I, I like that aspect. So that's, that's cool. That min- Wait, was it Minnesota? Michigan. Michigan. Michigan was like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God. Michigan, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And you guys were just on some cabins on the lake there? Yeah, it was like little bodegas, kind of like a cabin. There was like some apartment complex that were right on the beach also, but then there was like little cabanas that were like individualized, and they were like little party. Oh, really? I think Jake had one, Dave had one. Oh, just a solo? Yeah, because we kept having to like rotating because of the big weekends. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it it was great, man. And then just overall, we got on some cool fires this year. I think the only thing I can ask for more is just more fire. You know what I mean? Yeah. For yeah. our first year. Dude, absolutely. I mean, that's not 700. I started in 2008, and I think I had 130. I mean, I, I was a student, so, I mean, it was yeah. a short year. But, like, even if I stuck around, I maybe would have got 200 because um, we got a, a decent – uh, I think I went to a type three for like a few days, maybe a week. Mm-hmm. And then it was a type four most of the time. Like I started with a type four and then just, you know, got a little bit out of a type four range, transitioned to type three. It, I mean, it was a small type three. So I didn't, I got you. didn't stay there for long. And, and we, luckily we got to stay on it because sometimes, you know, local district, you know, if it goes up type three or, or more local district is stuck for IA, you know, but we got to stay on it. And plus, I mean, there was nothing else going on. And then, I think I think maybe Phillipsburg um, got a pretty decent one that year that some folks went to, but man, it was it was it was slow. But also though, I was just like really stoked to be learning how to use a chainsaw better because I I messed around with chainsaws, but never like fall on trees really like the size I was doing and all that. And did you have any chainsaw experience before you came in? Yeah, I did. So at our my mom's house, we have a redwood on the property, and at one point during a storm, it snapped off the top of it. Oh, geez. and so we just had all this. I mean, firewood that needed to be cut up and messed with. So me and my sister had a hatchet, and we sat there <laughs> for two days and busted our hands up and broke the hatchet. No, oh, And then it was like, all right, we need a chainsaw. Don't no. know how to run a chainsaw, but we're going to figure it out. Threw the chain like twice and was like, all right, I can't run a chainsaw properly. So that was my only chainsaw experience. Yeah. I'm excited. I got to use it this year. So yeah, man. I actually get comfortable and knowing everything about it. Did you have any PPE when you were using the chainsaw when you were young? Nope. <laughs> I didn't think so, I man. I had some shorts, a t-shirt on. Flip-flops. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just... That's awesome, man. Sending it. <laughs> Full send. Yeah, super dangerous, but I think we've all been there, man. Because you just don't know. Like, mm-hmm. It's like, you, I mean, you don't know what you don't know. And, like, you know, it's an obvious quote, but, like, um, you know, I, we all started that way. I think, you know, I got to be on a construction site. Like, one time I was just, like, limbing up some trees around this foundation that we were digging mm-hmm. and you know like i didn't think anything of it man i was just like winging this all around and like probably getting way too close to my thighs you know with it you oh, know? Yeah. and then once you get on the forest service and you get all the ppe and you're like oh man this is a lot better and you know you see so many people just you know shop themselves and it's just like mm-hmm. <laughs> thank god for those oh you know? yeah 100 percent. they really work yeah once i learned about all the ppe i was like oh i was definitely doing that wrong <laughs> yeah. when i was using it just not yeah just doing whatever i 
thought was right and not trying to cut myself. Yeah, man. And, and then you get the mileage in by using one. You yeah. start to use your body more and your hips more. And you're mm-hmm. like, it's, you know, like when you're first doing it, especially being a meathead like me, man, I, I started using like my shoulders and my back and yeah. my arms. And I'd just be like pretty well gassing in the day, but also liked it because it was a workout. But then I got older and realized, you know, I can use a lot of my hips and leave the powerhead more off my hip and, and kind of lean into some cuts and stuff and, yeah. and not get too crazy. Because you start lifting that powerhead up, and, you know, that'll just wear you out real mm-hmm. fast. It's definitely like man and machine working in harmony. Once you figure that out and like using your body properly, it can save you. Because, I mean, listening to the stories about shot crews in California just cutting brush all day, it's like you're going to be doing that for hours on end. Yeah, yeah, just gnarly, man. Oh, yeah, it's it's tough. And. I mean, the hottest I've ever cut in was 110, and, like, a lot of PPE, you know, it's, like, yeah. just, like, cutting in an oven. But I know there's some folks that have probably been in hotter. So. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And then, so, start off the year, it was actually kind of slow in the beginning, and then all of a sudden things just rolled. Did, where else did you go besides Michigan? So, I went to Michigan, came back, went to the West Fork for a couple of days. Oh, beautiful and that country was, there. Yeah, right? it was super pretty. It was uh, pretty slowed down by the time we got there, but I got to you know, experience like humping hose up a hill. Ooh, yeah. Hose, a hose leg. The hose pack? Mm-hmm. Oh, hose, yeah. Two hose packs, a couple. You know I mean, put it on the tool and carry it up the, the hill. Well, those are wonderful because they have no support. Yeah. And the straps are super skinny. Yep. So that's always, always wonderful. You're like halfway tired up the hill and then it gets caught and then you like almost fall down the hill oh yeah especially how steep it is there it's already already pulling kind of backwards and then yeah keep pushing um yeah and then yeah i think i guess for folks that might be listening to this hopefully we get some viewers or some listeners yeah uh host pack is basically just like a pre-packed canvas bag with some really tiny shoulder straps that you put typically over your line gear bag which has your shelter and all your essentials for that day and water and food and it is usually a certain length of hose. I don't, I don't know how, like I can't remember. 400 feet? 400 feet. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Does that sound about right? Yeah, so what's that? About 400. Yeah, so about 400 feet. And then you get different kinds of styles of hose packs. But they're all pretty much the same kind of pain in the neck to uh, hump up the hill. But but they are handy. I mean, like, it's nice to have that much hose. Yeah, and it's way better than just putting hose uh, rolls. rolls on a stick and trying to hump those. Because I did that a few times, and it was like, Okay, I got to drop like two of these. Yeah, I'm gonna kill myself. Yeah, exactly. Cause, yeah, like because usually then you got the just the tool handle rustling on your shoulders. Yeah, and so, I mean those those straps are not great. It's still better to have it like evenly distributed across mm-hmm. your shoulders versus having that one yeah. tool. And you're you just know? walking at that point and having someone pull on the back of it so you don't trip over yourself or something. Yeah, yeah, and as you go, yeah, because it's it uh, feeds out. Um, you know, someone like you said, someone could be pulling it out, or if you're attached to the hose line, you know, someone could just be holding, and then you just like as you go, it's unraveling out of the pack so you're putting a nice hose lay in and then it's getting lighter as you go so yeah. it makes you feel good until you're at the end and they have to go get another one yeah and then you realize it's suicides because you're just going further and further yeah. every time oh man yeah you really really feel it in the thighs yeah yeah i learned what an engine mod does that day mm-hmm. it was great though yeah because that's the thing man you know the old uh engine slug kind of mm-hmm. kind of deal but man like when you gotta do stuff like that you get in some steep countries like you can't take an engine up there you yeah. know but you get all those appliances you know so Get your hose lay in, man, and, and get to work. Yeah, I was glad we did all the hose training and burning this spring, or, I mean, when I started out, because yeah. it was just so easy to do. It was like, yeah, take that up the hill, set this up, 
grab some more and then just keep running. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was kind of nice, man. Like, uh, you know, except on a few burns that we didn't plumb. So it's kind of nice having all that, all that uh, hose working, like you said, like even refresher for me because mm-hmm. I mean, I, I could probably do it pretty much any time, but like, you know, it's like kind of like getting things figured out and even like knowing that there's 400 feet a hose in the hose back, yeah. you know, and like, all right, so that's more than 400 feet and going to at least need two hose backs or whatever it might be, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and we did, uh, I think, the last day. Uh, was, so the next time I went to West Fork on another fire, me and Evan were pump operators, so it just kind of helped out. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice, man. Mm-hmm. That's a good experience there, man. Evan, Evan's good stuff. I tried to get him uh, on a podcast before he took off, so I'm, I'm going to have to go go to him, but um, I've never been to Moscow, so that'll be cool. Yeah, I've never been there either. Oh, really? Hey, maybe we can I mean, it. maybe I drove through it. I mean, I drove over here, but it was pretty dark when I was driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe we can link up. Well, on your way out, you probably... You go through Moscow on your way out? I'm going to Seattle for two three days oh really and then i'm gonna come down the coast dude so yeah that'd be really good man and that oregon coast and stuff man beautiful mm-hmm. country yeah last time i was through oregon it was pitch black and like one in the morning so i just kept driving through but i didn't really get to see much and i've never been to seattle so jeez if i had the podcast studio i'd just be following you yeah <laughs> just trying to interview <laughs> the mobile studio <laughs> yeah man it's coming it's coming yeah uh so you and you said you and evan were doing spot pump operating and yeah he did uh i think two days we were on that fire I think it was the Crooks Creek fire or the Woods Creek. I don't remember which one was first or second. Oh, but yeah, he was pump operator two days and he was like, yeah, can I get someone else to do it? And so they made me do it and it was great. Yeah, it's good because you get so much troubleshooting time. I mean, it can get a little little uh, monotonous, you mm-hmm. know, running the pump. But yeah. also like if it, something happens or, you know, whatever, you get so familiar with, especially like a Mark III, that can be really temperamental, yeah. you know. Yeah, at first it gave us a little, me and Arthur actually, to get it running because he was running the crew down there mopping up. Oh, nice. And so, but yeah, once we got it started, it's really just, you know I mean, pay attention to the pump, make sure it didn't turn off. I had to deal with the contract crew dropping off water every two seconds and to fill up the bladder, not bladder bag, but the pumpkin. Oh, keep yeah, that yeah. Full. And then Seth was also delivering water, so oh, chopping nice. up with Seth and the other crews that were passing by. Yeah. Getting my little tree workouts and rock workouts in to yeah. keep me sane during the day. Yeah, keep the body moving. Was he in the type four? Or is he in mm-hmm. Oh, nice, man. Yeah, he was in the type four. Just shuttling water for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's super handy, man. Yeah, um, he was lucking us out with the radio. We had one station up there, and they were actually playing pretty good music, so he just blared it and oh, thank God. got everyone's morale up. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, dude, I was in the – I jumped a fire in the Bob Marshall uh, back in 2015. Okay. And uh, we had a we, – we were in a cabin. It's called Gates Park, you know. Like, it used to be, like, I guess the entrance to the Bob when people used to get in there more, I think, pre-wilderness, I want to say. Okay. I mean, I'm, I don't know my history on this like I should, but really, really cool spot, man. And – um there was a radio in there, and I don't know if the Packers brought it or if it had just been left there. We can only give one radio station, and it's not that far from, like, Browning. Mm-hmm. So it was the res station, you know. And, like, as soon as you fired the thing up, have you ever heard the song Electric Pow Wow? Dude, if you get a chance, check it out, man. It is awesome, <laughs> man. I, it, is a, it is a great song. It gets you, gets you pumped. And yeah. uh, I can't remember. The first time I ever heard it, I think it was in high school. I mean, it's been around for a minute. And I think it was in high school. Maybe it was after, but um, – one of the one of the native basketball teams would come off, man. I can't remember if it was like Lodge Grass or, or who it was would come out to that dude and they they'd have some headdresses on and stuff, man. Oh, and the drums sick. in that song. Oh dude, it is so cool, man. <laughs> that's like, sick. Yeah, I think they were playing us, man. I was like wanting to root for them just yeah. from their intro, man. I was like, jeez. It'd be like that sometimes. I remember in college games, it was like you go to away game and they're just I mean, cheerleaders band crowd videos fireworks is like yo i'm going for this team oh dude for i mean i sure, hope we win man. but like 
if we could do that, that'd be sick. Oh, dude, absolutely, <laughs> man. Yeah, dude, just so awesome, man. And like, they would just blare it too, you know, mm-hmm. and get get everybody in the, in the gym pumped up. That's what was so nice about it too. Is like, you know, like you, you may be going for, you know, they may be going against you, but it still gets like the, the energy in the gym going, man. It makes for a really good game, no matter yeah, what. You know? The atmosphere. Yeah. So, but it was super cool, man. Cause it was kind of like um, the old movie Smoke Signals. You ever seen that movie? It's a Mm-mm. it's a native movie. Uh, I'll check it out if you get some time. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty cool. And and like in the beginning, if I if I remember this right, in the beginning, they're showing like the the radio uh, folks, and then they're you know they're showing it on on film, and and then they're like doing like a weather report and a traffic report from this guy who's just sitting out at a four way stop in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I got you. And he's like, and he's just talking about the people who went by, like, oh, so and so just went by, you know, and like head to the store, you know, that was like a traffic report. Yeah. And that's how this radio station was. Got it you. was kind of like that, man, like just like a local report, and then them just talking about stuff going on in the community. It was really cool. That's sick. No, I still remember when we were in Michigan and we we're like driving, I think patrolling or something, and you just hear on the fire radio, just guys talking about the hockey game. Oh, really? Like for ten minutes about like, yeah, do you see the game last night? Yeah, they they did pretty good, and it's just like the whole time. On the radio. Awesome. There's hot micing or <laughs> just hot micing, not <laughs> caring, just like yeah. Who who do you think is gonna win next this next game? Because the finals are going. And oh yeah, Doug was cracking up. Oh, I bet yeah, he's a big, <laughs> he's a big hockey fan, being yep. from Minnesota too. Yeah, they have a pretty good youper accent. Uh, it wasn't that bad. I mean, we weren't really up in Upper Peninsula, mm-hmm. like area. Yeah. You know, but where were you guys at? Like more, we were right on Lake Huron. I don't know exactly oh. location wise where. That's kind of like northeast, east, yeah. somewhere in there. I don't. Yeah, I don't know my. Uh, that was my first time in Michigan. Geography? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I should know better. <laughs> yeah. Make sure it's using the right word there. Yeah. Have, God, my brain has been been sticking all morning. Um, Coffee, man. Yeah, yeah, I know. I keep sucking it down. <laughs> it's it's doing pretty good. I yeah. should I should have made another pop for us. It's all right. Um, and then so, what? Uh, left off with the Seth. Working with Seth, giving you some tunes. Yeah, that was uh, West Fork. Oh, that was West Fork. Yeah, and then we went on a fire out in Arlee on the res, and we're there for a couple of days, and that was cool to see. I mean, it's just everywhere you go works different, moves different, and so being on the res was just a different feel. Stayed at the powwow grounds. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. It was pretty cool. I got a lot of saw time in, because it was more just like prep this road to burn, and there was a lot of um, our our lead was from Oklahoma, and they just chuckaluck, good old chuckaluck, thick accent, and he was just balls to the wall. Yeah, we're gonna burn this like the first day, and it was like, wait, wait, chuckaluck? That was his name? Yeah, that was his last <laughs> name. So when you hear chuckaluck on the radio, that's who you're oh, talking to him the whole time. He's out there awesome. with Levy and a uh, Nicolette. Who else was with this? What's the dog doing? We were with the. Uh, Three miles out there helping us out, and that was like the first time they actually got to experience that. I mean, we're working for more than a couple hours and sitting on our butts because they were there for months in, and we were just patrolling, patrolling, patrolling. Oh, like the volunteer three yeah. miles there. Oh. And we finally got on a fire, and they were thinking, yeah, just shut the water, and it was like we did some structure protection, and then the next day it was just prepping for burn, if we burn it, yeah. and just prepping houses, and then it was just prepping this road for, I think we did like three miles of just clearing <laughs> just chainsaw work so it was great to experience it yeah man and, and a lot of the times you know not, not to say anything bad about the structure folks it's just kind of what they do is they end up doing that structure protection mm-hmm. you know and in, in like neighborhoods and stuff and they end up doing a lot of the water shelling mm-hmm. so 
you know, all of a sudden they're like getting more engaged in the wildland stuff, you know, yeah. it's just a little different world. Yeah, definitely surprising because, I mean, I think the youngest guy we had was 30-some. Oh, really? Everyone else was like 40, 50. I mean, Rick was worked in L.A. County fire structure for like Jeez. 35, 40 years, retired and came out here. and So he's probably got some wildland experience there. Yeah, and he was just like, man, I can't be doing this. <laughs> yeah. Well, you forget, too, yeah. you know, like you get out there and you just start going going ham and yeah. you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to puke. And yeah, I, they I were like, water. and that's exactly what they did. Like, as soon as we got to work, they were working and we were moving as a team. Everything was getting done. But like a couple of days of that, I can see why they're like, we're too old to be doing this. Yeah, yeah. The, the wheels start to fall off, you yeah. know, because you're like, mm-hmm. like, like you said, that first shift, man, like you're fresh, you're feeling good, but mm-hmm. it's like a lot of muscle movement that, you, especially as a retired person, you're not doing, you know, yeah. I mean, how often you dig in line and carrying a bunch of heavy stuff around, yeah, exactly. You know? Just grabbing, uh, knocking down trees, grabbing brush, taking it across the road all day long. <laughs> oh, man, yes, especially that, even that motion, man, like, yeah. even if you got like light brush, that twisting, like throwing mm-hmm. motion, you know, that'll, that'll get you. Yeah, on your feet all day. Yeah, Pick, bending over, picking stuff up all day long. I mean, you can have the strongest back in the world. You're gonna be sore tomorrow. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah that'll get you. And that's the thing, man. Like with uh, engines and structure and wildland, like mm-hmm. things are pretty heavy. I mean, structure for sure has heavier, bigger hoses. But like oh, even yeah. like wildland engine, you know, like just Type Six, man. There's still a lot of appliances and stuff to get moved around Heck and yeah. wait to be moved. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that goes into it. Mm-hmm. So where do you go from Arlie? Uh, R. Lee, we went to, where'd we go? It seems like it was just yesterday, but then you forget about it because you've just been doing it so often. Um, yeah, that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to get your timeline here. Yeah, I'm trying to remember it. Did you end up getting off, back off forest or were you on forest for a while? No, I was on forest for most of it. I think once I came back from Michigan, all the fires were just kind of West Fork, R. Lee, um, I went to Trails Creek when was my last fire. Oh, nice. I don't nice. know if there was any in between there that I could think on top of my head. I mean, besides the little, like, campfires or smoke reports yeah. from up Ambrose or Sweeney. Yeah, I mean, on Steve, I, you guys never really did get a decent-sized fire, did you, this, this mm-hmm. season? At least I don't, Not I, on IA. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. I couldn't remember anything. There was that one weird one up Scalcaho. Were you on that one? Yeah, it was up Scalco, the complex, one, two, yes, one through Scalco eight. Yeah, complex, yeah. <laughs> I know they kept coming in. I was in dispatch, and I was like, what? You yeah. know, and then you know, and then we got the story. You know, that guy was like, my friend was lost, and he's mm-hmm. all, like, disgruntled. Yeah, that like, was just, like, a weird turn of events. Some guy was like, yeah, I lost my buddy, so I just started a bunch of fires. Which is, started a fire, and it was just, like, a small little campfire on the side of the road. Which is fine if that's all you're going to do, but yeah. what he did next was... Not yeah, fine. He, yeah, he just like kept walking like every twenty feet, just another fire, another fire, another fire. But I was like, if you're really gonna start a fire so your buddy can see this, at least a smoke signal. Like there was so much other stuff you could have burned that really would have like blew up. Yeah, yeah, you could have like had like just one bigger fire, you mm-hmm. know, that is getting off a little more light and smoke, like you said, instead of like doing a string of fires down the side of the road and especially when we're at that time we were in like extreme fire danger. Yeah, I think that's why I was so like because we were expecting just a little one fire, but we forgot it was a red flag warning like midway through. Then we got up there and was like, why is everyone going crazy on the radio? People were calling us left and right. I think Julian had maybe 30 calls by the time we got up there. I was like, jeez, what is going on? Yeah, because it was a red flag warning that day for high winds Mm because also, yeah, I mean, that was just a crazy day because, yeah, that, that dude who was like, not being very cooperative with the forest service and then he cut that tree down did you know about oh, that? oh yeah yeah so we got up there like we were going up and some hunters stopped us and we're like yeah he kind of like explained what was going on 
we get up there and uh darby was coming up there too because they yeah. ordered a helicopter for us and and, Dar- and and seven of the fires were actually in the darby district yeah. cause it was around the border we just had that like one on the corner and then as soon as you turned right it was all in darby yep, yep. like i guess right after we got up there someone dropped a tree across the road and like just slash slick, slick cut it and yeah. just left it there and darby was like did you see that and we're like no yeah and so they called it into us because and because they were you know like hey was this tree down before like no i mean then you know and i actually was on the phone with them and and then they were asking for an leo and you know we sent our leo up there and yeah um yes yeah, that was a weird day man yeah, like guy ca- came up right before that like when like we, we got up there we parked we were like getting out trying to see if we could find another fire and um <clears throat> some guy came up real quick turned around instantly and then like right after that darby was talking about the tree and some other guys came up and they were hunting grouse yeah, it was just Man. a weird day. Weird. I think one of his fires was like five feet from his truck. Really? Yeah, and there no. was like a motorcycle out there. It was just... It seemed like it might have been under the influence or something. I mean, I'm just assuming here, yeah, but just but by the way his, yeah, his actions were. And it didn't really make sense. And then they no. found a guy towards the end of the day that was like way on the other side. So like right before you go up a willow yeah, yeah. or butterfly, that little creek, mm-hmm. he was down there. Hmm. So I was like, how the heck did you make it from over here all the way down there? But he was so dazed and confused. We think it was the lost guy that they found and oh, not the guy, extra guy that yeah. was setting fires because it didn't make any sense. You started a bunch of fires going this way and you ended up miles down yeah. on the other side. I don't know how people can even get turned around in the sapphires, man. You know, like that was, I don't get it. Yeah, for anyone listening, there's a sapphire mountain range. And like there's, I mean, it's not very big. It's not very, like the mountains aren't very tall. You can see most of the town ta- most of the towns in the yeah. valley from up on top of the sapphires especially when he got lost i think it was in the evening so mm-hmm. you could see the light like yeah. it's just not a very deep range either you know like yeah. rock creeks around the other side so that's really strange man and then yeah. um the other leo coming up for backup i think was the first one to like get in contact with the guy who was lighting the fires and i guess he was just like not being cooperative and he's like man, we're trying to get the story here, man. Like right yeah. now you're not in trouble, but you're going to be, if you keep, you know, like yeah. acting up, like we're trying to figure out where you're coming from and like why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. And right. You know, and, and the behavior was like not, not, uh, uh, not cooperative and not, um, relaxed. Like he seemed like he's more, he's endangering firefighters more. And that was like, yeah. you know, in Hamilton, like dispatch and from the top down, man, cause we're, you know, everyone's in there listening to the traffic and it's like, what in the world, you know? So that gets pretty frustrating. Yeah, I bet. Like, being there and seeing everything was very confusing, so I couldn't imagine being in dispatch and just listening and hearing everything. It's like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like, you know, sa- safety is, like, the number one concern of mm-hmm. everybody in the wildland world and, yeah. one, and fire in general, you know? Like, it doesn't matter what, what who you work for in fire structure or wildland, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so when safety is getting, like, hampered or is getting, uh, what's a good word for that? getting threatened threatened yeah if your safety's getting threatened by outside sources as in like another human mm-hmm. you know that's not in the in the wildland world or in in any kind of services agencies like it's man it's super frustrating because like it's already an inherently dangerous job fire all fire and then you know you got something like that going on so yeah, yeah it gets it gets everybody else you know a little bit prickly mm-hmm. you know where else did I go? I went to... Uh, oh, that same day, we lost some hunters that got cut off by the... Uh, what was the one over by... Uh, was it Woods Creek? I think it was Woods Creek. It came on to us. Um, I think that day it came on to us because of the wind event. So, oh, okay. like, it cut those guys off from their camp. They were in Idaho. And 
I don't know if they quite made it to Montana because part of our, part of the forest is in Idaho. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, it's just a weird day all around, man. That's crazy. We're trying to get them to use two bear air because two bear air is free, you know. And then they got um, the IR and I think night vision and hoist and all those capabilities, man. That, that two bear air is really really awesome. Got you. Yeah. If anyone from two bear air is listening to this, thank you for what you do. Yeah. So, but they wouldn't use two bear. They the the guides and everybody were in contact with those folks and they were with their guide so the outfitters i mean and so the outfitters you know had a, had a pretty good plan and they ended up getting them out so it was, it was all fine but like at, at first it sounded more of a panic like we don't know where these people are they get cut off from the camp and it's like well you know you know hesitation could be kind of the end of end of some people so like yeah. that's a lot of you know tragedies and have uh, ended in tragedies just because yeah. of the hesitation so yeah but uh yeah so where'd you go after that uh i went to granite pass right like right off lolo and that was a yeah that was one of those that like test your morale i mean not really me because i'm willing to do anything but (laughs) it was like hey we're gonna be up there for a day kind of same thing they did with arlie like if you come up there today if they need you longer stay if we need you we'll call you yeah well you always carry a song in your heart yeah yeah Yeah, i was in a good mood man it's hard it's hard to get you down that's why i like working with you heck yeah but what so what what was the deal is just like super slow or what yeah so it was a transitioning into a type four from mm-hmm. a type three and why, uh, why didn't anyone call me yeah i know and then uh <laughs> i needed that one and then it just kept like going like i mean we're just prepping roads i think the first day was the hardest day just prep a road chip it and get through the day Ooh. and then the next day it was like are we going home oh because you guys and, were like on loan huh? yeah we were on loan yeah. the whole time and somehow we squeaked 14 days out of it because oh, awesome, it was like dude. day 10 and they were like all right we're gonna keep you like, I mean, there's no point in making you work 10 days and not yeah, that'd be bum helping deal. you out and get you 14 in. Yeah, that'd be a bum deal. And then it was really just, like, not working yourself out of a job, trying to stay there for that long. So it was, like, doing berms and a bunch of rehab work, prepping dozer lines and yeah, yeah, fan lines. P- and pacing yourself out, which can, can be kind of good, too, like, if, you know, you, you've had a just a balls-out summer and mm-hmm. you're, like, kind of get a more of a slow pace assignment. Yeah. But also, like you said, mentally it can be uh, real taxing. Yeah, a lot of people wanted to go home because, I mean, we were only right in Lolo. It was only, like, 30 minutes from the crib. Yeah, you can, you can smell home. Yeah, and you're just staying in a tent. And then it was it rained, like, half the days on us. So you're, like, oh, really? sleeping in the rain. Oh, yeah, and man. doing your thing in the rain. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that because, like, it still wasn't hitting our forest. Mm-hmm. It just kept going north of us because, yeah. you know, in dispatch, we'd be watching the weather all day long, mm-hmm. and, and you'd see the cell coming. And, like, sometimes it cruise over, and it'd be just, like, directly east of Hamilton. You're yeah. like, all right, we're good. You know, this is going to help slow things down. And they would just go, it started cutting north when yeah. it hit the bitterroots, you know, or getting close to the bitterroots. And the bitterroots are saved by the gods always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems like <laughs> all it's all storms and stuff just avoid us. Oh, dude. Yeah. It usually splits, you yeah. know, when it, when it comes over, like it's like right in Idaho and starts going north and south. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, granite, that was like. Where, is that east of the, or west of the hot springs there? Like more towards Idaho? So it was right past the hot springs. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. So man. we did a. Uh, did you guys I get think, to stay there? No, we didn't get to stay there. We got catering from there. We stayed in a field, like right off Lolo, and then drove up there every day. I think oh. two days we prepped a road like behind the hot springs. Oh, really? That's kind of cool. That's that's some cool country there. Did you see the uh, the private one that used to be public? There's like a sign. You, if you don't know what you're looking for, you might not even notice it. I probably didn't. So if you're heading west uh, up the canyon there, up the well, was that 200? No. What is that road? 90? No. What is that road? Not 200. Is it 200? Arthur, what's that highway? Going up towards Lolo. Kootenai. 
or Kuski. Jeez, my, my brain is mush today. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of it. I'm Twelve. Talking. 12. 12, isn't it 12? Yeah, it is 12. Oh, it's 12. Jeez. 12. Just kidding. Keep throwing numbers out there. <laughs> we'll figure <laughs> what, it out what, eventually. We'll just agree to something. Yeah, so Highway 12. So, yeah, just like if you're heading west on Highway 12, just before, you know, it's like pretty snaky, pretty mm-hmm. like hairpinny turns or just S-curves. Yeah. Right before you get to Lola Hot Springs, on the left, there's an old sign. I guess there's like someone bought it years ago, but it used to be like a really nice um, uh, public hot spring right there. And, and uh, I don't blame him for buying it. I'd, I'd do the same. But yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. So, so if you know, but if you don't know what you're looking for, like the the signs, there's not much left of it. There's still like the pole and like the outline of of the resort there, but mm-hmm. that's about it. Heck yeah! But it's more if you got like some eyeballs on it, because it's I've never even seen it. Mm-mm. I mean, I didn't know what I was looking for, so I just drove by every day. Yeah. Most of the time I was asleep. Yeah. And on my way to the fire, and then wake up and get to work or patrol or whatever they gave us to do that day. Yeah, yeah. But it was cool. I mean, every time I ran a saw, it was with a different person for the most part, and it was cool learning different things from different people. Oh, but dude. that time there was like a couple of days where we just sat there, and you, I mean, you got a squatty, and I think I had Connor, and everyone got paired up like old and new, and we just ran saws like days in, got to learn all of the different cuts, and dude, that's huge, man. Having yeah, that experience, it like, was great. Like I said, everyone's got a little different thing, man. Like um, one of my friends, uh, Zoner. When I was uh, cutting with him, actually, I got to jump my hometown of Whitehall, mm-hmm. and we were putting some saw lines to this mountain mahogany stuff, and it's it's uh, kind of similar. Uh, I'm not even gonna say because I'm probably wrong here, but there's a <laughs> there's a, a uh, what is it? I can't think of the plant in California, and I keep chaparral just keeps popping in my head, but there's like oh, a uh, manzanita. Manzanita, I think it's mm-hmm. like kind of similar to manzanita because I think manzanita is like super hard, isn't it? Super hard. Yeah, and that mountain mahogany, same way, and mm-hmm. pretty thick. So I think it's kind of similar to that. I'm not sure like if it's as volatile as like the Manzanita, but um, anyways, like we're you know we we were saw team swamp you know tank for tank you know we'd switch and you know he'd saw for a tank yeah. I'd swamp and then switch around. And I felt so bad, man, because he was Zoner is so good of a sawyer that I barely had a swamp for him. I yeah. mean, he was amazing, and like so I was thinking, and I've been a B sawyer for a while at this point, and like was gonna go for my C's, and I was pretty confident I would have got my C faller. At that time, not not anymore. You know, I don't yeah. have enough trigger time. But, but like, I was like so impressed, man. And like, that was that was like another really awesome takeaway from like the the jumper world, just because like a lot of these folks, especially like in Missoula area, come from like logging backgrounds. So yeah. like they they've been, you know, sawing since they could probably stand. You mm-hmm. know, learn from their dads who were old, you know, time loggers and stuff. And yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, dude, and, and it's just you know like. You never stop learning in this job, which is super cool. Yeah. I guess the like moral of that story. Every day is learning. Yeah. And it's great. Like, even if you've been years in, year one, wherever you had in the fire community, it's just always the learning aspect of it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, you know, and then and then get down to region, too, because, like, then you might, might pick up something that they're doing that's a little mm-hmm. different, you know? Like, um, I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head. I know, like, there's, like, a – I think the Coconino does, like, a different hose pack than, like – um, we do, or they or at least one of their styles a little different. Cause I remember in Whitehall, we, we were picking that up from region three. Gotcha. Oh, you gotta get going, man. Oh, you do. Yeah. Shoot. 10 o'clock, man. Man, that, that flew, that flew by. It did. I guess we'll wrap this up real quick, man. Eli, thanks for, thanks for coming out, man. Thanks, <laughs> I, I probably man. got like a ton more questions for you, but Heck yeah, we can do this again anytime, man. Yeah. I appreciate you coming. Yeah, and, uh, of course. Arthur, we'll have to get you on the next one. Um, you got any social media or anything you want to pump out there? Yeah. I'm a personal trainer. So, uh, on Instagram and on well, Facebook, you can just look me up, Elijah Cunningham, or uh, yeah, Facebook. And then Instagram is get underscore, or not get, 
health underscore is underscore fit or wealth underscore fit. That was super confusing. Yeah, you might so, want to say that one more time. Yeah. I just <laughs> I just went through a logo change and a name change, so I'm very back on the old school one. But it's health underscore is underscore wealth underscore fit. Nice. On Instagram. On Instagram. Right yeah. on. Then Elijah, E-L. E-L-I-J-A-H. Cunningham, C-U-N-N-I-N-G-H-A-M. Perfect. All right. Thank you, sir, man. I appreciate you coming. Thank you, man. Yeah. And uh, for anyone who might be listening, thank you. Thank you.